Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. Ten Commandments. I don't need love ten. Love God, love your neighbor. Yep. That's not ten. But they can all be summed up in those two. Uh, honestly, I, I think the Ten Commandments, I, th- I think the whole idea should be like really modernized. <laughs> love God, don't be a jerk. Okay, that works. I, I mean... Although, although you know what, maybe that doesn't even suffice these days. Because it, it doesn't. Because I'm not a jerk, but that doesn't mean I'm caring for or yeah. about other people. Yeah. Um. It was funny. So yesterday, I I went to Lowe's twice on one of my trips. There was an older gentleman, uh, not old, but older than I am. So I would guess. 50s, 60s, somewhere in that range. And he had a big something on, a car, on one of those like flatbed carts. And he was like maneuvering, trying to get it. And I stopped. I said, do you need a hand? Do you need a hand getting that in, your, in the back of your car? He's like, no, I'm good. And he kind of looked at me like I was, I was crazy. Yeah, well, you are. And it was like, I just thought I would ask if you needed a hand getting this large box in your... Right. Whatever. I've been trying. Oh, there's not more to that story. It was just he looked at you like you were crazy. Right. Because I I mean, I really think that there there are times now when someone offers to be kind and we don't even know how to respond. Right. Like we're so not used to it. Like we think it's weird that someone was like. Can I help you? Right. And I'm like. the guy just kind of looked at me funny, like, like first of all, dude, I'm not going to steal whatever your big box of whatever is. It's not something you just run off with. Um, I, I, it, was just, it was just really strange That is to part me. of it, though, isn't it, though, is, is suspicion. Yeah. We don't trust people who are trying to be nice now. Yep. What's your agenda? Ah, really, dude, I was just trying to save you a, a chiropractor appointment or something. Right. Um, but, I mean, I mean, we really have gotten to that. I feel like we've gotten to that point in society where we we don't recognize when someone we don't always recognize when someone's just being kind, and maybe it's because we don't it doesn't happen enough. Well, and we always think somebody has an ulterior motive. Yeah. You know, again, that not trusting um, doesn't happen enough, or when it has happened, um, there has been you know some kind of scam or something along those lines that that goes along with it yeah and that's just it's really sad commentary you know Um, i i appreciate you know time at the soup kitchen and we've had some experiences soup kitchen where the people have been less than their best selves for lack of a better way to put it and I always, in, in those situations, I always kind of pause and say, listen, you know, it's somebody that's coming to a soup kitchen. They're not, they're not in their best state. So to expect someone who's under stress and anxiety about something as simple as acquiring food, maybe they're not always going to be the most gracious people in the world. But 
there's a handful of people in particular that, that come to the soup kitchen that are so extremely gracious. And I think there's something to be said for that spirit of, of gratitude where we, you just kind of look for the good. I, I have, we have a friend who she is hands down the happiest, most positive person I've ever met. Now, granted, sometimes I, I, I want to be like, dude, seriously, I want to strangle you. Um, but I, I mean, there's something to be said for just being able to be in a state of, of happiness and, and, and just positivity. Being that person who can look on the positive side of things instead yeah. of, of the sky is always falling. So, I mean, ultimately, I, I think that, you know, the Ten Commandments are, are kind of geared towards that, right? Like geared towards, for lack of a better way to put it, a happy, healthy society. Like well, that, that was the goal. Yeah, and, and, and to remember that these were not given to be, like I said in my sermon, these were not meant as a punishment, you know? <laughs> you know, it was like, this, these, these are not rules that are meant as one more restriction, one more thing. And I think sometimes, I, I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna stray from my Lutheran roots for a moment. Um, and I think we look too negatively on the law. I, I think we tend to be like the law is bad because it restricts us. It's we can't live up to it. Blah 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 blah, and and so very much in the Lutheran um, world, the law is something that's bad. You know. Yes. You know. Well, the law and then Christ. You know, we had the law, but then but then we had had Jesus, and it's taken me some time to recognize. Um, I'm not sure Luther got it completely 100% right with the this rather than this. I think that the law is, especially when I started looking at the Israelites and their context and how for them this was permission to do things they were not allowed to do before. I mean, we even look at the Sabbath as something that's a burden. And for them, this was, this was freedom. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, if you start thinking about it, you know, we, we were like, oh, man, you know, I got I to, gotta, I, I, you know, not supposed to work, blah, 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 you know, and, and we find it restrictive. Whereas for them, it was, oh, my gosh, I can finally rest. Yeah. I, it's worked into the societal um, rules. I get to rest. Yeah, we don't take that very well. No. In, I was going to say in today's society or personally. Uh, no, we look at it as if we're we're working on on Sunday or something like that. We're violating some some you know major rule that God is going to be mad at us over. And. I think what he gets mad at, and I've given sermons on this before, again, I don't think it's so much the people who are forced to work because they have to work. I think it's the society that makes it so that you have to work seven days a week yeah. instead of you're in a society where, yeah, you get a day off and it doesn't impact your, your, your livelihood. Yeah, I think just for some small clarification it's not so that 
you can acquire more. You have to work seven days a week so you can acquire more stuff. It's, it's the folks that have to work seven days a week in order to meet the basic needs and basic necessities. And the society, that, the systems that, that cause that to be a thing. Um, yeah, I remember growing up when most things weren't open on Sundays. Yeah, and that's when we turn it from a gift to being legalistic. Yeah. Where it's the, well, if you're not, and, and if it's not on this particular day that you're not taking your, you know, that's, that's going to make God mad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think the part that makes God mad is the society in which this becomes the norm. Well, and, because, because, because you have to. Yeah, yep. Exactly. I, I find it, I don't know about you, but for me, when I look at the law, law so just the word law on, a, on an everyday sense, I don't often think of law as a positive thing, right? So I know that it's positive to not get murdered or commit murder, but when you look at, when I look at it, or when I used to look at it, I always looked at it from the negative point of view. Right. Well, if someone is murdered, someone's going to be punished for that. Right. But really, if you think about it, if you think about the commandments, if you look at not the not the punishment side of it, the thou shalt not, it's the what are you able to do because of it? Right. Right. You know, if, if we have a society that doesn't murder, I mean, and again, we're talking extreme example, but a society that <laughs> we had a society that actually followed this that, that didn't murder. <laughs> Like there would be there would be more freedom. Like as a kid, I used to get up in the morning over the summertime and I would ride my bike, you know, about a mile to some friend's house, a different neighborhood, and we would play and carry on and then at dinner time ish, I would ride my bike home. You can't do that anymore safely. And, you know, I, that's you didn't, sad. You didn't have quite the dangers back then of, of that, or at least they didn't, you weren't as aware of them. I, I remember, I grew up in Nebraska, and I remember as, as a kid, kind of the big deal was a guy named John Jubert, who I think murdered some kids in New Orleans, New Orleans and then was up in um, Nebraska, kidnapped, killed him. And, you know, they eventually caught him, but it was a scary time Yeah, where it was, I mean, this was, this is rural Nebraska. You don't lock your doors. You don't, you know, kind of thing. And that, I would say that at least for that area, um, the Omaha Lincoln area really shifted their, um, our, um, way of life yeah. in a lot of ways as yeah. childhood went. But, but think about that, though. There, there's a beauty in that, that feeling safe in your community that, right. I don't want to say it's because they followed the Ten Commandments, but, I mean, essentially, because they followed the Ten Commandments, whether, whether intentionally or not, that there was a safety and a community aspect that, that is to some degree lacking you know, in our society today. And again, I don't, I don't want to pin that on if we just had the Ten Commandments and prayed in school, everything would be better. It's not that simple. Um, no. And, and just because you know, that, again, 
depending on how you, you, you view them. Like I said, we've probably spent most of our lives looking at it as, as restrictions. You have to do this yep. or God's going to punish you kind of thing. As opposed to this, no, this is what you are allowed to do. This is what you are able to do. This is something that, yeah. you know, because, and again, that whole honor mother, father thing, we've always looked at as, ooh, what if you have bad parents? You know, blah, 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 blah. Right. When you begin, though, looking at it from the perspective of the Israelites, who they could not celebrate who they were. Um, and the mother-father thing is, is your, your, your heritage, your, your parentage, your where you came from kind of thing. And that they, they didn't have that ability to do that um, while they were slaves in Egypt. And now they're able to do that. And it's something to be celebrated and something to be, you know, where, where you come from. It's not about doing every, every command your, your parents gives you, good or bad. Um, sorry, parents. <laughs> it, it's, it's, and like I said, I think that um, I, 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 I really do feel in some ways that, that the way it was framed and shaped kind of by, by Luther maybe went too far the direction of these are all things you have to do so God won't be mad at you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then was like, but then you have Jesus who forgives you, blah, blah, blah. I was going to say, because you know, it, it kind of goes in contrast to that whole forgiving, forgiving God thing. Right. Do this or God's going to be mad. Yeah. Uh. Now, the reality is... Um, in addition to the Ten Commandments, there, there's a whole slew of other things. Now, you could probably package most of them under the Ten Commandments in some way. Because, you know, it's all about caring for one another. It's all about, you know, okay, so how do you create a society where you don't need to steal? Where you don't need to covet and envy? Well, that means everybody's provided for and cared for. Yep. Because in, in most cases... In most cases, people don't steal. They steal out of an, either a necessity or an envy-greed thing. Right. And I look at, and again, and sometimes our punishments are, I, I doubt you've probably watched it because it's, it's, it's a musical. Um, nope. <laughs> but the story, I mean, it started out as an actual novel by, you know, it's a French novel. Um, Les Mis. Heard of it. Yeah, I know you've heard of it. But the story there basically is, you know, Jean Valjean is trying to feed um, his family. And so he steals a loaf of bread in order to help feed his family. And he winds up in, in prison for like 15 years for that. Um, it's kind of one of those, so let's put in jail the people that are, you know, that steal a loaf of bread because they're trying to feed their families. And it's more of an indictment to me on the society than the person who's stealing the bread to feed their family. And so I sometimes think our, our laws get a little whacked out. You know, well, well, um, all the homelessness laws that are starting to, to take effect. Yep. Where it's basically making it illegal to be homeless. Yep. And it's like, this is not something people can control. If they could have controlled it, they wouldn't be there. <laughs> Uh, at least the vast majority. I get there are some who choose it, but uh, most of them are are people who, you know, 
they've lost their job, they haven't been able to find another one, or they can't find one that pays enough to pay the exorbitant rent, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We work with Family Promise. We know that this is the case. That you know, these it isn't that these are people that can't or won't work. Um, you know, there, there's situations where the situation is just they can't afford the cost of living anymore. And it, so to me, this becomes much more, it's less of a um, forgiving the individual person and more of the, you've you got to forgive a society for being the way it is. <laughs> Uh, and, and that you don't make these things um, as possible to live out uh, because we are the way we are, because the, our societies structured and, and function the way they do, um, because that was kind of the whole point of what God was doing, was he was trying to set up the society where people were cared for. Now, you're going to get some goofy, you know, especially if you get into Leviticus, yeah, there are some real goofy things that, that, that are in there, but that's primarily because... Like, had, never mind. Yeah. Well, it primarily had to do with... I mean, when you're looking at Leviticus, a lot of that is specifically for Levitical priests and, and how they carry out the function and the duty of the priesthood. And so a lot of that stuff applies to them and does not apply broadly. Mm. But yeah, there's some other stuff. And a lot of it, though... You know, if you go back and look, a lot of it was, again, for protection or whatever, or there were ethical issues involved. You know, don't, don't cook a, um, a calf in its mother's milk kind of thing. You know, it's like, okay, that's just, that's just poor form. <laughs> don't what? Don't cook a calf in its mother's milk. Uh, you didn't know that one was in there? No, I didn't. I, I did not know that that was part of... No. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of kosher law. Huh. Part of kosher law is you do not um, cook your, you don't cook a calf in its mother's milk. It's an ethical issue. It's, well, I mean, yeah. you know, I. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just becomes, you know, those, those are those kinds of, of rules and those kinds of laws that are ethical, that are, um, you know, the, the ways in which people in a society can live together. Some of them seem strange to us now because we don't have some of the uh, diseases and problems from, from food that you used to get. Yeah. So, you know. It's a different world. You can eat bacon now safely. Yeah. By uh, the pound. You could not eat, eat then bacon Then it's not safely. safe. <laughs> you could not eat bacon safely back then. Not that that's all that's involved, but, you know, it's just, it's, I always, one of the questions I used to always ask my uh, students when I did uh, world religions is you have to take the geographical location into account regarding where religion starts. And in this case, you know, one of the questions I had, you know, is so if Judaism had started on, you know, in the Bahamas, would shellfish have been off limits? I'm guessing not. I, you know, we have no idea because that's not where it happened, but it, it, it gets you start, starting to think a little bit of, oh, 
So maybe, you know, some of these rules and restrictions are about what was available and, and, and what you needed and what would make you sick and, and that kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of those things that you have to take into consideration. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the point being is these, these rules, these laws aren't about I'm trying to forbid you from doing. Now, okay, killing people bad, lying bad, blah, 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 you know, all of the, those things. Though we have discovered <laughs> lying is not always bad. <laughs> so it, it does make you begin to kind of go, okay, what, what, is, what is the point of these things? And, and are they just kind of rules and laws for the sake of being rules and laws? Or did they serve a particular function and purpose that were for the health and well-being of society as a whole? Yeah. And then for us now, it's like, does that still apply? Right. Like, does and, shellfish, and is, is shellfish, not selfish, shellfish, is that still something that um, we should be concerned about? Well, you know, I think maybe it's okay. Yeah. Uh, murdering people? Still not okay. Uh, probably still not okay. Yeah. yeah there's some things that aren't going to change. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, unless you have a shellfish allergy. Well. Someone eating shellfish. Well, and part of why they didn't like you eating shellfish, too, is because they were the bottom, you know. Right. They, they ate the stuff on the bottom of the, and would make you sick. Um, they weren't cooked properly. We right. have some ways of cleaning that up now that they didn't have back then. And there's also something to be said. I'm not going to, you know, diminish the fact that there are, there, there's something to be said about holy living in terms of disciplines and things like that, that you, you do to dedicate yourself to God in some way that sort of sets you apart as, as doing or being something different. I'm not in any way, shape, or form trying to say that that's not a valid reason to be doing it. The, like Didn't I said, that I, Jesus guy say something about they'll know us by our love or something? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean... I'm not sure that's what we see a lot of times in Christianity anymore. Right. Well, unfortunately, now what sets us apart aren't the Ten Commandments. No. Aren't us following the Ten Commandments. It's about all the things we exclude people over. Yeah. And I'm not sure that was quite I don't think that the was intent. the point. Yeah, I don't think that was the intent. I really don't. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, for me, it's kind of one of those, those things where trying to look at these, these rules and laws as, look, here's the freedom to be able to do things that you just were not, you know, when you're a slave, you can't do. I mean, you lived in fear of being just killed at any moment. Yeah. Because if your, your owner, you know, the 
taskmaster was upset with you, he could have you executed because you were property. I always found it very interesting, too. So Deuteronomy does lay out some stuff, you know, and this is, and unfortunately, this gets used to justify slavery because, well, look, there were laws about how you, you treated slaves, et cetera, et cetera, in Deuteronomy. And going, so obviously God's okay with slavery. It's like, well, no, do you remember this whole Exodus thing? No. Yeah, this whole Exodus thing was about how much God doesn't like slavery. Again, that highlights the point of not just taking a little a segment of Scripture and saying, right. well, God's for this. Or so God's against this. God also recognized human's going to human, which means slavery is probably going to exist as a form of, and now in this case, it's not chattel slavery. It's a form of indentured servanthood where you're paying off a debt kind of slavery. Yeah. The interesting part about that is when the slave was done filling, fulfilling its, its time, the master was then supposed to, on top of, okay, it wasn't just, okay, you're done, by. It was you gave them then a portion of what you had so that they wouldn't find themselves in that position again. It was like, okay, you've, you've fulfilled your debt. Now here's some money, here's some land, here's some livestock. Get going. You know, it, yeah. was, it was a part of what you were supposed to do, your responsibility as the debt holder, so to speak. And kind of the real interesting part, though, is you get to the end of all that, you know, how you're supposed to treat, you know, leave your, um, you know, parts of your field unharvested because the poor need to come along and eat them, blah, blah, blah. Kind of gets to the end of all that and goes, however... There will be no more poor among you because if you're following what I want you to do, I'm going to bless this land. Everything's going to be in abundance and you're not going to have to worry about it. All you got to do is what I say. <laughs> Just do these things and this is how this society will function and it'll be awesome and grand and dandy and blah, blah, yep. blah. Easier said than done. The reality is getting an entire nation of people to follow the rules, so to speak, so that everybody lives that way. The problem is things like corruption, greed, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. The and, worldly things. Right. That take over. And this is always the problem of those, you know, of, of human society. Well, I think that's... You know, I kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, I think that's part of where gratitude can come in. Like, if we can, if we can just be grateful for the things we have, like, that, that's helpful. Very. In a sense of, wow, that, that marriage looks better than my marriage, or that house is nicer than my house, or, you know, that, or you know, all, the, all those things. Mm -hmm. um, I am I am certain that there is somewhere there there's a couple somewhere that marriage is better than mine and Christina's. I'm sure that there is. I'm pretty happy in my marriage. Okay. I'm like we get I mean we get along. I mean we're in a really good place, which is fantastic. That is now, fantastic. Now does it mean that like 
we have the perfect marriage? No, probably not. But here's the thing. The, the couple that you go, man, I wish our marriage was like them. You know what? I bet their marriage ain't perfect either. Oh, I'm, yeah. Because there's no such thing, right? Oh, well, this house is perfect. Well, no, it's not. It's just not yours. And if it's not yours, if it's not your house, you're more likely to be like, oh, I wish I had that one instead. Yeah. But there's something about just being, being grateful, um, grateful and grounded that I, that I think just sets, sets, sets you up for a different mindset, a healthier mindset that maybe help leads, can help lead to a healthier society where we're grateful for what we have and not envious of what someone else has. Because right. the reality is, like, most people always want, most people want more, right? And, and I'm not saying I don't, I, I, I do. You know, I, I'd like a new car. I'd like, you know. More the, is better. Don't you remember that AT&T commercial? Yeah, right? Um, and, and I understand that. And, and there's something to be said about being, you know, being driven to things, um, you know, in, a, in our, in a, like in, in the business world especially, being driven is, is like the ultimate, you know, I want an employee who's driven. And, and I'm not saying that's not important, it is, but there's also some perspective that has to go with that. And is that in every aspect of your life? And what is the more that you want? You know, do you want more for yourself or do you want more for your neighbor? You know, are you, dri what, what drives you? Um, and, and I think especially in the American context that notion of it's not just about me is, is right. difficult because we are such an individualistic society Yep. that, you know, I know it can be hard sometimes to be able to say, okay, so this benefits me. Therefore, I, I, I want to make sure that that happens because it benefits me. Yep. There's the next step of saying, okay, this benefits me. Who might it not benefit and in what way? And, and I think that's the, the question that a lot of times people aren't willing, as willing to ask. Yeah or look at, because if it's good for them, by golly, that's what they're going to vote for, or they're going to, you know, um, advocate for, or want. It's, you know, it's me and my family. What's best for me and my family? And I'm not trying to diminish that in any way, shape, or form, and yeah. say, of course you look out for your family. Of course you want things. The question is, is, is what's best for your family going to somehow harm someone else's family. And yep. if you don't have that, is it, is it something that is going to completely destroy your family or is it just more of an inconvenience? Yeah. Of, okay, well maybe we have to tighten our belt a little bit um, so that these people can actually 
put food on the table. What's the, and, the, and that, like I said, and that is just not where we tend to be societally when we're thinking about those things. Nope. Because we're, we, were, we were founded very much on an individualistic notion. Yep. And, and really, I mean, really, the Ten Commandments are about community. Yeah. Not about individual. But we've made them individual. I think that's the part of the problem. Right, because we make everything individual. Yeah, we make it all about this is, this is about me. This isn't about, the, look, this was, th this was for the nation. This yep. is for the all of them to follow. For the and collective. Yeah, it was like, if y'all follow this, things will be fine. You won't have the issues if y'all do it. And which is why they kind of keep, I, I think the, the reading for this next <laughs> weekend is um, their recommitment to it because they maybe kind of had strayed a bit from it. Yep. Well, I mean, they strayed from it like right out of the gate. Oh, yeah, they totally like, It took them it. like a whole hot minute. And it's still part of my, 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 my favorite part of that whole story of Moses coming down off the mountain to give the, the law to the Israelites is, is Aaron. And he's made this golden calf. And when Moses sees it, Aaron's all, I don't know. I, I have no idea how this happened. We just, we just threw the gold in the fire and out popped this calf. No. <laughs> Fully formed and ready to go. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Like Aaron, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> and yet God still made him head of the priesthood. That's the part that just cracks me up about that whole thing. I'm like, and God stuck with this dude. Well, again, here we go. It's God yep. working through imperfect people. Oh, very. I'm like, so the head of your priesthood is the guy who thinks, um, not thinks, he knew, um, but who was going to claim that golden idols just popped out of the fire fully formed. <laughs> yeah, that's a little uh, crazy. Yeah. And that's one of the things, too, that I don't think, you know, when we, when we aren't really paying attention to Scripture, we miss some of those points. Um, I'm not going to lie slogging through the latter part of Exodus, Leviticus, and number, uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy are not easy. They're no. not easy. Especially Leviticus. It's not really told in a narrative format because it's kind of more of a charter, again, with all the rules and the laws for, for the Levites. Um, they don't have a whole lot of practical application these days. There's a few we like to cling and, and, and deal with a couple of them that are, let's say, quote, controversial. I mean, you get in, in, in Leviticus the whole love your neighbor thing. Yep. But then you also get... Um, and this is a translation issue. The actual translation is, because uh, the Hebrew words are, are different, but you shall not lie with a boy 
which we tend to translate simply as man. Not it. Uh, <laughs> as you would with a woman. And it, it's been one of those things that I've had to go back and, and look at the Hebrew. And even, even when you look at how Luther translated it in German, even he used the word boy. He didn't use like full-grown man kind of thing. So it's definitely much more in, in the realm. But that's what, we get, that's what we use as one of our proof texts because of the English translation that we have made you know, to make it seem as though this is an anti-LGBTQ kind of thing. Yeah. And so there are those things that we cling to out of the book of Leviticus that it's hard because you kind of have to look at each one of these. What are they talking about? Is it relevant? Is it something that... that were called to follow, um, what purpose did it serve? Does that purpose still exist? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say that um, grown adults lying with children is still a bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> I yep. mean, I'm going to go and say, yes, I absolutely affirm that, that that text in Leviticus still applies in the way in which it was written in the Hebrew. Right. Not in the English translation. And, yep. yeah, so, again, society, how we live together, I think those are important. That's the Christian thing, right? Yeah. Like, we boil it down into individual things. And, yes, we all have our individual part, but it's written for the collective. And, and honestly, I think that's what the Acts, you know, in Acts 2, the church that was trying to was trying to get back to this yep. communal kind of caring for one another that you know we think was all because of Jesus which I'm not saying it isn't but I'm also saying it also was not a foreign concept yep. in terms of this was also kind of the way things were laid out that they were supposed to be doing things was yep. caring for one another taking care of one another doing these things and that wasn't a brand new idea it was you know, just Jesus kind of re-emphasizing it and saying, nah, this needs to be a priority, people. Yep. It's community. Yeah. We, we make it individualistic because we're an individualistic society, but that's not what it is. No. It's just not. So. I don't know. I got nothing more to say about that. Okay. I mean, it... Oh. Yeah, I mean, the Ten Commandments are the Ten Commandments, I and mean, we could break every single one of them down. And go, right, right, right. But, I, here's I mean, here's the reality. Sort of like, point. It could have been a 30-second podcast and a 30-second sermon. Oh, yeah. Love God, love your neighbor. And it could have sat down and been done. Um, however, I will, I will say I think it was important to kind of point out that, look, these laws aren't restrictions. They're permission Yep. to, to live in a certain way that they had not been allowed to live. Yep. And I think the problem is <laughs> we've gone the other direction where we, we want everything and don't yep. view it as permission. We now look at it as restrictive. Yeah. So, but shouldn't look at it that way. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Well, next week is Joshua. It is. 
Joshua, as for me and my house. Yep, we will we, we will recommit ourselves to this to this uh, covenant that God has made. Yeah. So we will talk to you next time. See ya. Bye everybody.